Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast, episode 959. This is my interview with Josh Rossi. We're discussing his art and how we can transform passion into purpose. Enjoy. Josh, welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're, um, whereabouts are you? Utah. Yep, I'm in Utah. Utah. All right. Who's your favorite team? Jeez, do they even have teams out here? I don't know. I don't follow sports. I'm, I was born in Italy, so I have my my favorite. I have favorite soccer teams, you know. Yeah. Out here, it's they're kind of lacking in sports, except for basketball. But anyway, not a huge fan. No, fair enough. What um we've got just for the listeners, we've got a slight internet delay. It sounds a bit shuttery, but hopefully it'll ease out or smooth out. So please bear with us as we work our way through this. But it doesn't sound too bad at the moment. Um, Josh, I, I mean, I love your work, man. And anyone that can go out there and have a look at your website. Um, and I don't know if this is the main one, Josh, but joshrossi.com is the one I'm on. Uh, some phenomenal art, mate, and photography. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, joshrossi.co is more of the, the updated stuff, but that's, you know, it's all, it's all there. It's a lot of like commercial work that I've done, photography, a lot of, um, personal projects that I've done with my daughter and, you know, just fun stuff. Okay. So Josh Rossi, okay, dot co. Dot, yeah, dot co. All oh, right. Probably yeah, that's no, phenomenal. I'm just on there now as well. I mean, you've done, yeah, you've done stuff for all sorts of different um, businesses by the looks of it. Um, but then you're doing, and, and personalities too that I've, I've come across before. Um, so it's, it's, pretty interesting would you call it art i guess it is art i mean it's photography and art isn't it yeah it's it's more of like a i don't want to say it's like a new type of art but it's called compositing and i mean really if you talk to like the true artists they'll say that compositing has been around for you know years and years and years it's basically the idea of taking pictures of different things and stitching them together so i mean you could you could consider like a collage where you're cutting out newspapers and you're like sticking certain pieces together to create a scene. That's, that's a similar idea, Mm. but I've just sort of added my style into it. So, you know, I do, I consider myself a photographer and a digital artist. So I basically take photos and stitch them, you know, separate photos, stitch them together in Photoshop to create these sort of wonderful like scenes. So, I mean, yeah, you call it art, digital art, whatever. Uh, well, it's fantastic. It's um, as I described to you earlier, I I started looking at it and it was very refreshing because um, I I don't you know you don't I don't know maybe we do see it and we just don't notice it, but I certainly found <laughs> it very refreshing um, and and kind of inspiring as well. And you do do some inspiring work, so we'll get into that. But I want to talk about your passion for photography first, and and how this grew into something that I, I would consider as your your full time role now, full time job. Yeah, so I started um, just in art. Well, first of all, back up. I was born in Florence, Italy, and so mm. my dad. Um, you, you speak know, Italian? Half Italian. Yeah, I yeah. do. So I mean, I'm half Italian, half American. But um, my dad, growing up, would always tell me, like he always instilled this thing in my mind, saying, "Hey, you're from Florence. This is the home of the Renaissance. You know, you are an artist." So he would always <laughs> tell me that, and. You know, who knows if I was actually born to be an artist, but like that's kind of what it turned out to be. I guess I believed it enough, but um, you know, we have some artists in our family, whatever. So I started doing art. I always believed that, you know, I love doing this, it's fun. 
And I stopped at some point because... So from an early age, you were doing art, like all sorts of different arts, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I was doing superhero. It's kind of funny because now sort of like far into my career, I'm doing superhero stuff, you know, and that's just something fun that I do with cancer kids, Um, you know, photograph these kids with cancer and make turn them into superheroes. But initially, like when I was first starting into art, I was learning how to draw superheroes. And so I just had this fascination with superheroes and, um, you know, creating really surreal scenes and whatnot. And so then at some point I thought, man, it's not, you know, art, is dead like there's no way to make money it'll just be a passion for my whole life so i quit it and for years i just did other stuff i I worked in construction i worked in the food business which my dad was in and you know at some point i just realized like man i hate all this stuff like i like i hate uh you know working in construction like i don't like my job like i don't like anything i'm doing it's leading nowhere and so I started doing art again. I, I picked up photography. That's when I learned how to, you know, photograph stuff. And then um, I learned how to do these composites, they're called. I just got inspired by some really big commercial photographers. And then, you know, I just kind of followed my passion and it, it led me to, you know, work with big clients. I tried to figure out how do you make money doing this. And so I learned how to market myself. Hmm. Um, but I, I mean that I think it's a really interesting conversation the the whole passion thing you know yeah because some people are like really short-sighted with their passion they're if it, because here here's what happened so I, I'm passionate about photography but what happened was I, I got into the commercial world and I started doing photography and digital art for other companies and so my my art I would spend all this time uh, doing art and they post it up on an ad and it'd be done a few yeah. months later, never to be seen again, you know, that would happen. Or I'd work with a client and they would have me do a million revisions and it would just suck all the creativity out of me. And I started realizing like, you know, I, you hear people say like, do your passion, figure out how to make money at it. It's like, that's amazing. But you know, what you're really passionate about, I don't think you necessarily have to make money doing what you're passionate about. Like, because when you start making money at it and if you commercialize it, it becomes a chore. At mm. some point, you're going to hate it. Like, <laughs> I mean, not, not all the time, but, you know, yeah. at some point, if you're trying, if you're forcing that and you're, like, trying to make money, you might not make as much money as you wanted and then you're going to be forced into this box of, like, doing what your client wants and it stops mm. becoming a passion for you. And so there's this really, like, I think a lot of people have misunderstood the idea of having a passion. Then going back to what I said a second ago about people aren't thinking long-term enough. Like, so I have two passions. I mean, more than that, but right now I'm thinking of two. One is, you know, art, creativity, you know, ideas, that type of thing, you know, doing digital art. The other one is, um, you know, financial freedom, like being, being free, not having to, to have a boss and <clears throat> just working hours that I want. And, you know, eventually not even working, just doing projects that I love to do. So those are my, those are my passions and they're, they're separate. You know, one is like, okay, photography, I would love to do as just a hobby, which I've turned that more into a hobby at this point, you know, after working with these big clients. On the other side, it's like, okay, how do I get to financial freedom? So, so then I, then, you know, you have to do stuff for money to be able to get that goal. But, you know, in turn, that kind of becomes your passion because you're working towards this goal of becoming financially free. So I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, I think people sort of mix mix those two and they, there's a big 
misunderstanding around like having a passion and making money from it. Yeah, and you don't you don't have to mix them. I think you know it's the idea of having a passion that earns you an income and a, and a wealthy income to even create financial freedom. For a, a lot of people, um, you know that just even thinking about it, you go, "What am I passionate about? How am I going to make?" It becomes very much a task of you know figuring out ways to make money, and it takes the attention off you know, what you're actually passionate about to begin with. I think. Um, so I think you just need to, to live your life and, and have passions, have hobbies. Um, and then if you can creatively think about ways to make them more for earning income, great, you know, so be it, but don't put that pressure on yourself to necessarily yeah. have that outcome from the onset. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's like passions, you know, you just, you just want to have them cause it makes you happy. It makes mm. you live life and you have these hobbies that you love doing and it, it's it makes you feel relaxed and happy you know you don't necessarily need to make money from those you know and i think people stop their passion because they're like i have to make money doing my passion and i can't make money and so there's this ultimatum but in reality it's like no well like you can split them up you know figure out like how you're gonna make money but then like keep doing your passions and keep pushing those projects yeah yeah absolutely what um when you started back into your art did you give up the 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 work in hospitality or did you do that and then just you know follow your passion on the side well it it's funny uh, it, like a lot of things that i said i wasn't going to do i ended up doing and that's something i'm still trying to work through in my life <laughs> like as, as i get older you know when i was younger i said i was never going to get into food and I ended up getting a job in restaurants and then, you know, cause my dad was this just big chef and I mean, he still is, you know, he sells to all these big grocery stores and he's into food and I just saw how, how hard it was. And so I said, I'm never going to get into food. Hmm. But then, but then later on in life, I started realizing kind of how the world works and how our food system is super broken. And that's become my passion now is, is food. And it's so weird to me. Like, also with photography initially, so I loved art, but I said I was never going to become a photographer because I thought, man, they have it easy. It's just like snapping the photo. They're not telling stories or, you know, whatever. But then I ended up becoming a photographer, you know, so um, now I don't know if that's really answering your question, but I just thought it was interesting that, you know, now, yeah, I'm not really in hospitality, but or, or whatever, but I've got into the food business in my own way. So I, I guess, I guess how's, how's the, um, how, sorry, you say your point. I'll interrupt. No, go you ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to miss your point. <laughs> no. Um, it's basically like, what, what was I saying with, Oh, with hospitality. Yeah. So this is the thing I say a lot is, you know, with, along the lines of having a passion and doing what you love and all that. It's like you can take what you love and you can mold it. You know, yeah. you don't like when people say go in the food business, my thought was slave hours and hours working in restaurants or doing this and that. But instead, I sort of I realized I'm passionate about food, just not passionate about restaurants and working long hours and all yeah. that. So I take that passion I have and I mold it into something else. And now, you know, it's it's something completely different. So yeah. I guess that's just my point. So what what's your... um. And that's that's like Einstein stuff. What you just said there, like he's he looks at something and then he crosses it over with other fields to mold into something new, you know. Rather than because that's we're all boxed in, yeah. Like we always look at okay, I love 
photography, so I'm going to do this style of photography because that's what I'm exposed to, rather than thinking about what's my passion within photography, you know, and how can 100%. I take that a little bit of a different direction. So it is, it's a very um, creative, curious process, what you've sort of discovered. But what do you do? You said the food industry and, and how you feel it's broken. What, what are you doing there with food? Well, so my dad has been, well, okay, so it started, and this is really interesting. We weren't necessarily going to talk about this, but this is my other passion. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you're like asking the questions, but it basically, um, when I was, I was working with him for years in his factory where he was making, <clears throat> so he did first, I worked in restaurants then I worked with him in a factory where we would create products for bigger chains, food chains, uh, grocery stores. Yeah. And so we started realizing patterns of these grocery stores that most people don't realize is certain grocery stores. Now we're from, you know, live in different parts of the world, but, um, over here you have, you know, Costco. I don't know if you guys have that over there. No, no we do. You have, no, hmm. you do. You have Costco. Okay. So there's Costco and then there's a bunch of other grocery chains that might be of lesser quality. You know, Costco is known for doing bulk and there's these other uh, stores that are known for doing maybe cheaper products or whatnot. So what we realized is we could only um, afford to go into um, maybe like Costco type uh, companies. There was other companies like Walmart. I don't know if you guys have that over there. Walmart, they're known for doing like uh, just a lot of cheaper products. They would ask us to do uh, to basically lower our price. And and if we didn't lower our price, we couldn't get into Walmart and sell in like thousands of stores. And so for us, it was just very difficult because we you'd have to sacrifice something. And so we'd have to sacrifice good quality ingredients for uh, worse quality ingredients. Gotcha. For example, um, this, is, this is a real scenario, is we'd order tomatoes from Italy and the the tomatoes from Italy, because we wanted them cheaper, they would send us lower quality tomatoes. They wouldn't send us the same tomatoes that were, they were shipping to their own country. They would ship lower quality to us. Yeah, so then yeah. to combat that, we'd have to add a ton of sugar in to, to combat the acidity. So anyway, long story is, is that the food system is completely broken starting at the manufacturing level um, for, for large uh, consumer distribution. Yeah. That's, that's sort of where it's broken on top of that. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go too much into this, but we've been researching wheat, you know, all these people have gluten problems. We've been researching it now for about two years hmm. and everybody in the U S has gluten problems. Now in Italy, they're starting to have a lot of these gluten problems, celiac disease. People have gluten intolerances, you know, hmm. now everybody's saying like wheat's bad, wheat's bad. But, um, initially like Wheat is a staple food, has been a staple food for thousands of years in in the Middle East, in Europe, um, where where they're making flatbreads. That's like what they live off of. And so there's something there where it's like, okay, wheat can't be bad. So we've done a lot of research. We found out. Let me just tell you one thing and then yeah. we can move on. No, I love um, it. We found out that um, the way that uh, people are or companies are producing the wheat nowadays is that they will take – um, a wheat germ and they'll expose it to a ton of radiation and from that radiation they'll see the mutations that happen within that wheat and they'll see that uh, they'll take out out of 22 or so mutations they'll see one mutation that actually doubles the yield of the wheat so it produces double and so they're like hey that's a cool one to use you know that's a cool gene so that what they'll do is they'll take that mutated gene and they'll insert it they'll splice it with 
and hybridize it with our actual wheat. Um, and so then all of a sudden now when the wheat grows, it's, it's doubling the yield. And so it's making them more money. And so that's like an actual real scenario studied scientifically. There's a lot of papers on that. That's how a lot of the wheat is uh, managed today. And another thing is that it is hybridized beyond belief. And so there's been proteins, specifically seven proteins that our body doesn't even recognize today because of the hybridization of wheat. You know, they'll, they'll splice one uh, wheat with another one because they want it to last longer, have a longer season. Um, and that's just one of the things or a couple of the things that they do to wheat that that is just completely wrong. It's just because of the industrialization of wheat that all this has happened and it's causing people to get sick. So hmm. a few problems there. There's a lot more. But Where do we get good weight those from? Those are some of the things that – well, I mean awesome question because um, what happened in the 1960s, the industrialization of wheat – started sorry i have screaming kids in the background Sarah? and um they so so in italy for example in italy they uh stopped producing these ancient grains of wheat that have never been hybridized they stopped producing those in 1960 they just stopped growing them because they're like hey we can do this industrial type wheat you know make more money so now they're realizing realizing all these wheat problems and so in italy in sicily specifically they started growing the old ancient wheat that's never been touched before, never been hybridized. And um, we've been, we're actually in the process right now of um, trying to import the wheat. It's very expensive, but it is stone ground. It's never been hybridized. Um, and, it, you know, I could go on and on about that. When, when you say it's expensive, what's what's like normal wheat that we'd buy um, compared well, to what you're it's buying? About, it's about 10 times more expensive than normal wheat. So if if wheat right now costs two dollars a kilo, it's almost you know twenty dollars a kilo, which would freak a lot of people out um, after paying. That, <laughs> say that again. It'll freak a lot of people out if they're paying you know if they're so used to paying the lower price. Well, exactly. But here's the thing: how many people are actually making making their bread nowadays? Nobody. Mm. Like few people are making bread, but we're we're buying bread for a lot higher price because of all the margins. So. The interesting thing is, and obviously the price can go down, and it will go down. That's that's just like, you know, not even ordering in bulk, um, and there's a lot cheaper ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, but you know, for example, like you buy a loaf of bread for like five bucks. If you made a loaf of bread with this wheat, it would cost you like three dollars. You know what I mean? So it, it's still cheaper than probably buying it in the stores. But at this point, it comes back to. You know, if you don't want industrialized wheat that's causing all these problems, you're going to have to make wheat or make bread like we've been doing for thousands of years. But just because of convenience, we go towards all these foods that are actually making us sicker. Um, they're affecting our guts, um, you know, and just affecting us all around. Yeah. And I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's interesting. And and I'm I'm glad we didn't even I didn't even know you had the passion for food, but it's it's <laughs> such a interesting conversation and and not just about weed itself and, and what you've just talked about, but I think how your passion has formed purpose in your life, and you're actually it's not so much food that you're passionate about, it's the the problem that you're trying to solve, um, and there's there's a high level of purpose there, and I think when you can couple that so well like you it seems like you're doing um 
it makes it, it, it must give you so much purpose every day like you must get excited about getting out and researching about wheat and finding out new things and you know trying to solve this problem well a hundred percent i mean you, you get the excitement of that you know like it is exciting that that gives you purpose you know so that's sort of the thing that i'm obsessed with and that i'm attracted to isn't just having a passion for like one thing like photography and art but it's it's doing projects. It's uh, figuring out, it's, you know, problem solving basically. Like, yeah. so if it's with photography or if it's with uh, wheat, you know, or other foods, it's it's there and it does give me purpose. And I think it can give anybody purpose to have projects like that. Absolutely. Um, and you've got, I mean, with your art, we'll go over to your photography and that. You've got a, an incredible project now that has been. Um, was it this current project they're on or a previous project? I don't know, but you're, you're doing one now where you're traveling around um, the States and um, turning ill children into superheroes through your art. Is that yeah. sort of the premise? Yeah, yeah. And isn't that so random? I mean, what the heck? I'm going. We go from like wheat to like superhero kids. I mean, it's – but I love doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's awesome. So, so that's just one Photos of the things are cool that too, I man. do. You know, like I just – so initially – um, we did this project. I did a few projects with my daughter. I turned her into Wonder Woman because I wanted to like empower her and just, you know, I wanted to take my commercial photography skills and apply it to like family pictures. And I thought, how fun would that be just as a fun project? And so I did that and that went super viral. I didn't expect it to. And, you know, you hear that all the time, like, oh, it all of a sudden magically went viral. But I mean, freak, I'd been trying for five years previous to like do different fun projects and nothing went viral. But anyway, so this one went viral. People Is that started Captain noticing. Nelly? It, well, that was one of them. I had done a few. It was uh, Little Wonder Woman. That's uh, She was, I think, four, three or four. Mm-hmm. And it, we dressed her up in a Wonder Woman costume, did all these movie posters with her. But it, So people started noticing, and I got somebody called that called me and said, hey, my daughter's the real Wonder Woman because she has cancer and she loves Wonder Woman. She fights every single day. And so, yeah. you know, I, I almost felt guilty at that point because I said, man, I'm having all this fun. My daughter's healthy, you know, but there's like real superheroes in society, you know, these kids that have cancer or other illnesses. So that really stuck with me. And, and I eventually, a year or so later, ended up doing this bigger project called the Justice League Kids. And I, I went around and went around the country and found six kids that um, had cancer or other illnesses. One kid was a double amputee. One had like severe ADHD. So um, it ranged from all types of kids. And we photographed them and turned them into superheroes. You know, we basically got these really awesome custom-made costumes for them. And, you know, for us, it was it was a project that we wanted to do. We weren't expecting it to go viral or do anything. And it, you know, even me talking with my wife before, we're like, look, let's not expect anything like like if we can just help some of these kids just for a day to stop thinking about their illness, then it's a success. Yeah. But what happened afterwards was that it, it just it got all over the media, People Magazine, Huffington Post, um, you know, 240 million views later, um, wow. the, the project was all over the world. Everybody had seen it. And, and it was crazy because – and here's where my recent project comes in. So we actually received 2,000 emails or more actually at this point of families that wanted similar photo shoots. They said, hey, our kid's sick with this disease and this disease. I mean, hundreds of different diseases I never heard about. 
know, could you come to a photo shoot of us? And we had to deny 99% of them because like they were across the country. We didn't have the funds to go over there and photograph them. And I wasn't going to charge these kids, you know, and their families. And we just kept talking. I mean, it, it, at this point, it's been a couple of years and we're like, how do we get this done? How do we photograph these kids? So our recent project, which is pretty exciting is we're actually going to be traveling around the country where we're doing like a tour where I'm taking my family and we're going to go from city to city, um, hit up, you know, five or six of the biggest cities. And we are going to be photographing these kids. We're going to be finding them. Obviously we can't get to 2000 kids, but, um, the whole goal is to raise more awareness and have other photographers do similar projects. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's something we decided to do to, to just go around and help these kids. Yeah, man, it's phenomenal work. And again, it's linking your passion with purpose. It's not going out there after a monetary goal, I don't assume. I, th- I think you've, you've tapping into saying a little bit uh, beyond yourself and, you know, going outside of, I guess, taking care of yourself. And I guess ultimately it'll all flow through and, and take care of you as well. But um, is that the case? Like, I mean, is this, are these projects actually just then starting to flow into income for you? Just because well, of your exposure? I mean, that's, well, well that, that's like great question because that's sort of the dilemma that a lot of artists or creatives or yeah. problem solvers have is how do I, you know, like I have to support my family, you know? Mm. <laughs> and so it, it's not, it's not necessarily like a silly thing where we're, we're like, let's go live our dream and move to Hawaii and just it'll happen. You know, like that's not the, the type of thing We're and we're not just jumping at this opportunity. Like we've, we've spent the last few years working up, um, you know, our, our income, you know, working out multiple income streams to the point where now we can work from home. I can work from wherever, you know, I'm not attached to any city. And so if I'm in New York, I can still do my work. And so we're going to be continuing to do our own work, but, also, I have more time now to be able to offer this to the kids. And as far as the other projects I've done, you know, it hasn't directly turned into um, like money, but they've been extremely beneficial because, you know, like, for example, the project with the, the Justice League kids, I didn't expect it to go viral. I wasn't expecting it to be a business venture or to make money hmm. or anything like that. But afterwards, the result was that people saw that, uh, you know, we did this charitable campaign, but we could, we had media contacts, we could make things go viral. We, we knew, you know, these strategies like, um, and and so things started changing how people saw us, you know, in business. And so that opened up other opportunities that then, you know, like for example, the, the client that I have now that I'm working with, he initially saw me because of that series and so it's like, yeah, like, I guess it's turned into income. It, it definitely has benefited us. So when you do these projects, I guess what I'm saying is that it can turn into money just in a roundabout way. Yeah. And you're not, you're not going out there with that intent in mind. And that's what I think is, is, is one of the other takeaways I'm getting from our conversation today is that you've got a passion, go out there, follow it, um, think about it differently, think how of, about how you can apply it differently and, and try and apply it differently to a field that you're passionate about, i.e. wheat or food being food industry being broken or you know ill children, whatever it might be. And then if you can apply it in that way, don't focus on the, the result, you know, focus on the, the 
purpose and the process of following your passion. And I think from there, everything should, well, it may not, but it should take care of itself. Um, yeah, and that's and, relying yeah. on the universe a great deal, but I, I really do. I do believe that. And it's, I mean, how old are you? You seem quite young, but I could be wrong. I'm, I'm 15. 15. How old yeah. do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking no, at the photo I, I, here. I, I need glasses, but. <laughs> no, no, I'm 36. 36. Okay. There you go. Not far off me. I'm 39. Um, but you know, it's still, I guess, I mean, 36, you're, you're halfway, halfway through life, I guess at that age or almost, aren't you? But wow, that's depressing. No, that's it's not really. It's true. not because life could be a lot longer for us anyway, moving <laughs> forward. But um, it's interesting like to find your passion and to find that level of purpose that you've got right now. I don't think I have that. Um, it's quite astounding that how you've done it, you know, um, and you've probably got more more to go. But I think it's a very inspirational story um, that you're on. And certainly that, again, the idea of following a passion and combining with a purpose that's beyond yourself, um, good things can only come from that. And even if they don't, how good would you feel? Like, how good does it feel for you doing this work for the, the children? Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. It feels awesome, obviously, because we're able to help other kids. Um, you know, there's a fine line there between mm. making money and doing something that helps other people, you know? So we, we definitely feel good about this. It's to a point where we don't even realize what's going on and what the, the impact that we're having, you know, we hear stories from people around the world that have seen these photos or people we've done photos for and the impact that it's having. And so right now, just with my small vision, I'm seeing that and saying, okay, there's something here we have to like continue. So even though we don't know, like if there's money to be made from this, which I don't want to make money from this, but you know, we, we don't really know, but we're, we're like, we of have it. to do it. Yeah. 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 We, we just have to do it. You know, and here, here's one thing I do want to mention is like a lot of people, like initially I didn't really have a, a vision for what I wanted to do. And I didn't really feel like I was doing much. Um, but the, the, the thing that got me, to kind of doing what I'm doing today is I realized that I could actually produce the ideas that were in my head. And a lot of us have great ideas. We just don't actually produce them. Mm. And, and, and the, the biggest thing that helped me to, to actually produce them was to not think about how I was going to produce it, but just to go produce it and figure it out in the moment. And so it really was a lot of Figuring it out in the moment. A lot of people are scared to do that. There's certain personalities that might be better at that than others. But yeah. It's very spontaneous. It's you know, some people are like, got to plan everything out and then they plan everything out and it doesn't work. They're like, okay, hey, we can't do it. You know, I would try planning certain things and at some point I said, screw it. Let's just go do it. Let's just go do it. And I would figure it out while I was there on yeah. the project. I mean, so many, I can't tell you how many things I've done that are like that. But what that did was that got me in this mindset of, wow, I can actually, I I surprised myself along the way. I was like, I can actually do these things. I can produce the ideas that are in my mind. And so now when I have an idea, I don't overthink it. I just say, let's just go try it. Let's go test it. it Let's see if I can do this, you know, and it, it turns into something. Sometimes it doesn't, but you know, sometimes it does. And that progresses me forward, you know, that's fantastic. Um, it's like the, yeah, ready, aim, fire. And, and we get caught up in this idea of being perfect and trying to plan and figure it all out before we even take that first step. Um, but if you do it in reverse, fire first, take action, 
um, see what momentum comes from that. And I, I know, and I actually wrote about this, I journal uh, morning and nights usually. And one of my journal posts was this week on, on that, the idea of just taking action. As soon as you start moving in a direction, it's harder to stop moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, you know, 100%. You a lot can, of times you, you don't get the answer. A lot of times yeah. you don't get the answer until you're actually moving forward, you know. And you don't need the answer either. Like just the movement and the mo- the, the, the momentum of that um, will bring you some sort of purpose anyway and, and some level of fulfillment. And when you find the answers along the way and the challenges, that just adds to the, the journey. It's, yeah. Mate, yeah. fantastic. I'm going to stick your websites in the show notes for this episode. Um, I'll stick both of them in there. Um, I assume there's, uh, yeah, you've got Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all those. Um, so they can connect with you through those sites as well. Is there anywhere else people can reach you? No, just uh, probably those. You know, right now we have a Kickstarter going up to be able to help with the tour to help more kids. That's basically what it's going for. Like, we're going anyway, but this will help more kids. And so you can... Go on Kickstarter and research or um, type in um, superhero documentary tour and it should come up. Yeah, love it. Awesome, man. Love your work. So good to connect and um, thanks for sharing. It's it's um, a lot of good takeaways from our conversation today. Yeah, thanks, man. Good questions and I love being here. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys, for listening. Check it out at hiddenwhite.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee martin until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon